millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on Cricket World Cup podcast from TalkSport with me, Neil Manthorpe. World Cup is well and truly underway and today, Game 5 between South Africa and Bangladesh was the closest of any of the matches that we've had so far and what a game it was for Bangladesh. A historic win and an upset win. Last ball. And the roar will go up around this ground. And victory for Bangladesh. What a way to start this tournament. It's only a reconfirmation of them as a growing force in the world game. And what a force they've proven and are proving to be. Victory by 21 runs over South Africa here at the Oval. Gareth Batty, was it an upset win? Well, I think it's wrong to say it is an upset. Uh, Bangladesh have been in international cricket for a long period of time now. They've beaten all the major teams going around and convincingly at times. I think it's wrong for us and it's arrogant for the cricketing world to start saying that, you know, they're the underdogs. They are a bona fide, very good international team. Possibly, if you were going down the underdog route, you'd be saying a, a little bit more Afghanistan because they're a bit more of an unknown. They're only f- recently into fully-fledged international cricket. So you would say that they're more the underdog. I, I think it's I think it's wrong, and I think that's possibly how sh- um, South Africa have fallen on the sword today. Just a quick reminder of what happened. Faf Duplessis won the toss. It was the same pitch that to England thrashed South Africa on, on Thursday in the opening game by 104 runs, but it had been watered and rolled, and actually it looked good. It looked a little bit greener than it did on Thursday. So Duplessis chose to have a bowl first. He admitted after the game that he would have changed that decision in retrospect. And South Africa would just never... They, they didn't turn up, Bats. They didn't turn up. Lungi and Gidi bowled four overs for 34 and limped off with a hamstring, which I think he was struggling with before the first game. 
The batsman made 330 for six, and although South Africa got over 300 in reply, 309 for eight, scant consolation. I mean, South Africa didn't turn up. They were absolutely outplayed from the very beginning when Sumya Saka, the opening batsman, made 42 off 30. Yeah, I mean, you go to the start of the game, and the, the most important thing of any game is the toss and what team you've gone in with. Obviously, we have a bit of inside knowledge sat around the table here because playing at the Oval regularly, you know that if it's a little bit damp on the first game you play at the Oval, the second game you play, the actual surface is dry. The lush grass might give you the feeling that um, it, you know it's still going to nip around a bit. It doesn't. That just helps the ball carry through a little bit and it basically means it's going to be very good for batting and spin will come into effect as the game goes on, which we saw today. But South Africa would just... From what I could see, the one thing you always think about when you think of any South African team in any sport is that they're on it. Particularly cricket in the field, they're always guns. You know, you go back to 92, it was John T. Rhodes, then Gibbs took over that mantle, De Villiers. They've always had wonderful fielding teams and they've never had a weak link. Actually, some of their better fielders and better athletes were just not quite at the races today. Experience. Five of this Bangladesh team are playing in their fourth World Cups. Five of them have been together for that long. Um, and three of them featured massively with the bat today. Shakib Al-Hassan and Mushfakir Rahim added 142. It was a record partnership for the third wicket. They both made 70s. And Mamadullah finished 46 not out. Um, they they just... I mean, the, Bangladesh has always had talented cricketers. With the bat, they've sometimes struggled with their shot selection and their decision making <laughs> <laughs> but but they seem to be exceptionally well coached now by Stephen Rhodes and Neil McKenzie's the batting coach or perhaps it's just experience the value of experience bit of both um Experience is a wonderful thing. They would have been in these situations before. They've been at World Cups. They know how to evolve and play the game. They know the tempo of the game that is required. They're thinking, well, any international team should be thinking 300 is about par now. And the way they set about it, they had that uh, old school guy up top that really went off like a bull in a china shop, which allows your wonderful players in the middle just to knock it around a bit and then time their run and then chipped in at the end the, the little sort of cameo, you could call it really from Mamadoua, the, the 40, 46 not out at the end, was a wonderful little tonic just to put the little bit of needle into South Africa going, Whoa, we've had a really good innings there and you're right under pressure now. Well, we'll talk more about that in a moment. But for now, let's hear from Mashraf Mortaza, the, the Bangladesh captain, who said in the build-up to the game, we will fight fire with fire. We will take the game to South Africa. So uh, they did that. Uh, and he was understandably pleased afterwards. Let's hear what he had to say to Sky after the game. We've been uh, played well in Ireland, you know, just carry on from here. You know, love to keep our momentum exactly. The better set the tone for us. You won those games in Ireland batting second, but... Did it please you to have the chance to bat first today? Yeah, obviously it's pleased us a lot because, you know, the wicket is, as I said, that, you know, after the toss that we are a bit uh, doubt ourselves, should I ball or should I uh, bat? But it was uh, it was the wicket that it was being used in the last match, England versus South Africa. So we thought that batting is not the ba ba bad options to first. And exactly what happened with us, you know, batters batted so well, especially Shomo and others. Yes, I was going to say, the openers got you off to a great start and then the middle order never lost that momentum. Yeah, it was. You know, Mushi always played, um, you know, that kind of innings, you know, um, with uh, with high strike rate. And Saki batted so well. Uh, especially, I have to say about the Shomo that he, he set the tone for us. And again, I think finished up with Mahmudullah and uh, Musaddiq. 
And I tell you what, what about the crowd here? Did it feel like a home match? Yeah, obviously, you know, crowd was crowd was behind us. Thanks, thanks to all the Bangladeshi crowd. Hopefully, next match they will come and supporting us as well in the same way. That um, he doesn't sound like a man who thinks his team are underdogs. No, and he shouldn't do. Um, I mean, the gentleman in question there has been around a huge amount of time. Um, it's well over 10 years he's been um, probably at the helm, actually, as captain. I, I'm ashamed to say, I don't know the exact number of years he's been uh, the one-day international captain, but it's well over 10 years. I remember playing in Bangladesh back in 2003, and he was playing then. I even think he took over the leadership some sometime around then. Um, no, they, they have every reason to be confident, particularly if they get surfaces like that on good batting pitches, where if you can bat first, get a score on the board they have very good spin options that are very clever but I think their little trump card uh, is Mustafa Zah their left armour that starts their innings he does get this white ball just to swing back a little bit very unconventional to the right hand as he's seen position uh, you hear some of the, uh, the commentators talking about it saying it's a strange position but he's getting it coming back into those right handers pads and we know with that seam position it's going to go across him as well so long and short of it he's doing both edges of the bat he's got some pace he's got a bit of whip in that arm so there's a there's a bit of uh, kink whatever you want to call it so he gets those Yorkers in um, when it goes on, he's uh, he's a great weapon for them, and he goes under the radar a little, a little bit. The fizz, they call him, don't they? Yeah, Mustaviseur, fizzer. Um, three for sixty-seven. People look at the sixty-seven and get distracted by that. It's the three for. That's what matters. Do you know what? He balls in the hardest parts of the game. He balls up front when you've only got two out. He balls at the death where everybody is tax-free and you're just trying to wallop it everywhere. And he might get lucky and ball two over somewhere in the middle when it's a bit of a lull in the game. He's bowling eight overs all the time when blokes are trying to whack him out of the ground. So actually, if he's going at sixes, he's doing his job very well, particularly if he's taking three crucial wickets like he did today. Faf Duplessis was um, brutally honest. He he, he always is. Um, maybe not brutally, but he's always honest. Uh, he's never trying to put a spin on things. He reckoned that uh, South Africa were about 50 or 60%. And uh, as I said, we'll talk more about their performance in just a moment, Bats, but let's hear from the South African captain, uh, also talking to Sky after the game. Like I said, there's a few areas where we weren't great today, you know, and we have to take that on the chin. You know, even with Lungi's injury, he's our go-to death bowler with KG, but even with that, um, to go for that many runs. I looked up at the screen out towards the end and at 45 we had the same mark. Yeah. So that showed that that last five hours was, was very bad. What is the injury situation now with Lungi and also with Dale Stain for that matter? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously we came here with our, you know, our fast bowling attack that we wanted to have. Um, Lungi had a hamstring injury, so not quite sure how serious that is, but obviously hammies can be a few, few days or weeks off. Um, and then Dale... He's boiling out in the middle now, so hopefully there's some progress there. Okay, the great skill of any sporting side that's having a rough time is to find a way, isn't it? Round the corner is India, and yep. Southampton, no easy game. No, it's definitely not getting easier, but that's, I mean, South Africa is a very proud sporting nation. Um, skills weren't there today, but I can promise you that there'll be fights, so the guys will make sure they get back into practice and, and trying to make it right. But at the moment, we're firing at about 50, 60 percent, and... It shows even Bangladesh can beat that on any day. He speaks well, doesn't he? Um, but he must be bleak. I mean, you know, this was a game they absolutely had to win. And now there's a very strong chance that they have to win six out of their remaining seven games to reach the semi-finals. So he knows his team are under pressure. He knows they're under the pump. I mean, he was a, he, he, he could not explain. He said the skills weren't there today, but he had no answers or no explanations. In some ways, take the positive out of that. 
Because if the captain comes up and says, well, we did this and this plan was wrong and we executed this and blah, 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 you get smashed everywhere, the batters don't get any runs, it's something that you can actually pinpoint. Today, you just can't explain it. Sometimes that's the best place to be. You wipe the slate clean and you get you get to training and you're like, right, we leave nothing at the gate when we train and we'll take that into the game. They've got India next. Um, so in a weird way, take the positive that they can't really pinpoint it. For me... 300 was give or take par on that surface today. And it was the fact that their middle order, well, early middle order, got in and around the sort of way well, Duplessis himself got 60. And then everybody else is 45, 38, Dumini 45. Nobody took that responsibility. Nobody said, I'm going to get my team to a position where we only need 20 in 20 balls or, or 20 in let's say 10 balls and then somebody has a bit of a day out one of your 8, 9, 10 comes in and nicks one for four and you get over the line somehow nobody was prepared to take that on and I, that would be the worry for me when they've got very experienced very good batting lineup, and they just didn't quite take it deep the opposite to what Bangladesh did It was the worst bowling and fielding performance I've seen from South Africa in about 15 years they're just lacking energy. They seem to seem to be flat, and I, it was startling. I mean, it jumped out at me after about six overs. Um, with, I saw it almost immediately the way they walked onto the field. What do you do as a captain? I mean, you can't. It's not as simple as just gathering everyone around and giving them a bollocking, is it? I mean, that doesn't always work. Uh, it doesn't always work, but at some point you've got to let some steam off. You've got to tell them it's not good enough. You're representing your country and if you get it wrong with your skills and an opposition side because it's international cricket, have a day out and beat you, that's absolutely fine. But you can't have people questioning your attitude when you're out in the field. And we've heard other teams talk about, uh, and particularly New Zealand um, and Australia, talk about the attitude to be a good fielding team and to be a good team in the field. Um, And it I think that's what we're talking about. The attitude didn't look as though it was there today from a South African point of view, um, which would be very disappointing. That would be something, well, I'm not very good at keeping my cool at the best of times, but I would have been pretty animated about that. And I think a lot of other people would be fuming and and, and sort of, well, a NASA is saying back in the day, he would have let you know. If you ain't putting your body on the line in an England shirt, you are going to get told, my friend. And I don't care if there's 26,000 people going to see me do it. You would You would get a volley. Um, so maybe it does need a bit of that. Maybe it's a bit too nicey, nicey. See, Dale Stain and uh, and Hashim Amla, thirty five and thirty six years old. I know that's very young by your standards, <laughs> but they they both, uh, you know, Dale Stain was sixty percent fit when he was selected for the squad. Uh, Hashim Amla, massive question marks about whether he's passed his best. The numbers, statistics certainly suggest that he is. They're now both injured, sitting in the change room. In the you know, and Lungi and Gidi's also injured. There's stuff going on. Behind the scenes, the South African Cricketers Association recently took Cricket South Africa, their bosses, uh, to the High Court in Johannesburg uh, over a, a dispute about the cha- all sorts of stuff going on in the background. And and y- you know what? That lack of energy that I discussed might just actually be a morale problem. Do you know what that sounds like to me? That everybody in that squad is just thinking, well, if I get my little bit all right and I look after my bit were pretty cool. They're not pulling together as a co- cohesive unit, as a country, as a squad, as a group, everything. All those little 2 and 3% where you just do that little bit more for the team, which you saw in Bangladesh today. They're putting the bodies on the line. Everybody's all the time chirping away. They're, they're in it. They're in that moment. South Africa, you feel a 
possibly not fully in the moment. They might just be looking over the shoulder at what you're talking about, thinking, oof, wow, well, if I get 45 or 50 here and then I get a 25 not out next game and then I get a th- I'm get averaging 35 in the World Cup, I'm going to be all right sort of a situation rather than the here and now. You don't even think about your own individual score. You think about where you need to be for the team, how you're going to compile the runs, bowler, how you're going to get out of your over so you don't go for a four the last ball fielding. You don't drop the catch. You don't do the misfield because you're in the moment for your teammates, for the squad. Um, and that possibly was just lacking for them today. Just keep it simple. Um, uh, maybe I'm overcomplicating things, um, but have been known to. Uh, do you think South Africa have underestimated Bangladesh or didn't give them due attention? Care and attention. Uh, possibly just a, a one line that, that sort of Faf came out with. You know, we were only, at, I think he said 50% today and even Bangladesh can beat us. I don't think he means anything by that. But the fact that that came out, you just kind of, oh, right, OK. Uh, did they just expect to turn up today and win and win the contest? Um I mean, look, that's, that's me reading into f- four words at the end of a game when he, the captain is obviously thoroughly disappointed. And make no mistake, when you're captain of any team, whether it's your club team, whether it's your school team, whether it's your international team, if you if your team is losing, you take the brunt of it and you wear it square on the shoulders and you feel horrible about everything. So I'm not having a pop at him there. But maybe that's part of it and it just let the guard down a little bit. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Let's move on then from South Africa, Bangladesh and uh, focus on the next game, England against Pakistan at Trent Bridge. Now, I, I wonder how many people are thinking, oh, well, yeah, Pakistan would be they're in with a hell of a chance there. And they've been bowled out for 120 in the 
first game, England made 480 on the same pitch that they're going to play this game on. Is this, is it any, any point turning up? Wow, yeah, it was a great series, I thought, the England series uh, against Pakistan leading into the World Cup. Um, the one thing you would, the observation you would make on that series and how Pakistan went in their first game is that maybe they're not going to have the firepower to score enough runs. Um, Trent Bridge is notoriously good for batting. Oh, you don't want to be a bowler there. Since they put the new stands in, it makes very small pockets of the ground, hitting towards a pavilion over extra cover, tiny. You'll see the Jason Roy's, the Butlers, the Morgs. I mean, pretty much every England batter is wanting to whack it out of the ground. They'll be looking at these little pockets, thinking, oh, "Come, come to pop a sort of a situation." They'll be, uh, they'll be eyeing up some big runs, um, and you just feel like Pakistan have some very fine players. They really do, but do they have the firepower all the way down their batting lineup? And do they have the firepower in their six bowlers to take enough wickets to put England under pressure? Let's hear from Owen Morgan during his captain's press conference. Uh, I think there's a good case for playing any of our bowlers. Uh, I think the wicket was a little bit different to the one probably that we're expecting tomorrow. Uh, however, we'll have to adapt to everything it throws up. Uh, it looks a little bit too paced, maybe with a bit steeper bounce, having watched it yesterday. Um, but again, if there is anything to exploit, hopefully we'll select the right team. But we prepare for... Pakistan at the best. Uh, we've certainly seen them only two years ago. They were the best side in the world in the Champions Trophy. Um, they turned us over, they turned India over, who were probably contenders as well for the, the Champions Trophy. So we'll be preparing as best we can for their A game. Um, we've had a very comfortable couple of days. We had a golf day, uh, training day yesterday, and today's going to be a really light session in preparation for tomorrow. Um, we've emphasized that guys need to be fresh particularly throughout the whole group stages in order to get the best out of ourselves. We feel like we're in good form, but that doesn't give us the right to win the game. We have to go out on every match day and try to earn the right to win the game. Yeah, I think it's being happy with a game plan and committing fully to it, whether it's high risk, low risk or medium risk, just being happy with what you're trying to ex execute and, and go with the plan. There's a, a number of observations on, on that, Bats, but he, he's certainly not... Um Guilty of overconfidence, is he? No, and I, I, I mean, we saw it all winter, travelling around. And, and when you're travelling a country, watching uh, a team play, you see them every day, you see them in their, in their movements around hotels, you see them at training, you see all these things. England have never, ever, ever taken the foot off the gas leading into this. And I don't see why they would do it now. They're trying to get better every single day. I love the fact that Morgan has said they're preparing to play the best Pakistan team so that every single one of their players up to their average and a little bit more. So England are planning for the absolute best scenario from a Pakistan point of view. Great that he's said we can pick any of our bowlers because they're all brilliant. That's brilliant. It backs his team. It backs his squad. Nobody's left out of that. It's inclusive. And he just seems very calm about, well, we pick a plan of how we're going to play. We pick a balance of team and we stick to it and we'll we'll win. We'll do what number one in the world does. And... I think that just rubs off everywhere, doesn't it? There's no panic at all. He's not going to get stumbled up uh, by, by somebody making a comment and him diving in with a rash comment. There's none of that. England are not rash in anything they do. They're very precise and they're absolutely amazingly well prepared. The newspapers and, uh, and the radio stations and the TV stations and everybody seemed desperate for a, 
for a big line, uh, a headline from the England captain. They wanted uh, anything where, yeah, we can make 500 or, yeah, we're favourites of the World anything, favourites of the World Cup. Just, they, you know, they were really pushing for a... Because a wonderful feel-good atmosphere in England already after the opening game and how well they played. Um, but he was giving nothing away, was he? It was just... It's a tactic, isn't it, as a captain? You have to be aware. You you just give one overconfident line or whatever and it suddenly blows up. So, I mean, he, he, he was really working the ball around without taking any risks during that press conference. Yeah, and I, I think, well, people will be listening to this. If they want to hear Owen Morgan just open up a little bit, listen to this, because when he did an interview with us, he just let us in a tiny bit more. Um, but I think there's... You touched on it there that... There's a bit of something's happening in England cricket-wise. We saw it in 2005. Is there is there something that there's a bit of a crossover? Steve Harmison, 2005, one day game, Lords, Ricky Ponting, bouncer hits him on the helmet. Joffrey Archer, first game of the World Cup at the Oval, so it's still in London, not the same ground, but in London, hits one of the best players there ever has been, Hashim Amla, on the head. Let's make it. No bones. Both players were fine afterwards and nobody's badly hurt. But it puts one heck of a statement down. It puts a marker down. It says, we are here. And that was the biggest moment in Jaffa Archer's career. And you could see the rest of the team. They were kind of like, we were an amazing team, but this guy is adding to us. This guy is making us better. And you could see the way they were embracing him when he took the wickets. Um, England look an amazing unit. They really do. So we've had five games. Um I assume South Africa are your your biggest surprise. Their their lack of form. Uh, any any other eyebrow raising performances or, or teams that have surprised or disappointed? I, w- I wouldn't say so. The the obvious Australia came out firing, didn't they? You you expected that, and it's absolutely no coincidence. Warner gets some runs. He, he's going to thrive with the with the jibes and the boos that he's going to get. Uh, he will definitely thrive on that. England were awesome. Uh, New Zealand and the West Indies. Very good teams, but they were, wow, they blew the opposition away, absolutely blew them off the park. The West Indies, the way they dismantled Pakistan, wow. I mean, that was, that sends some shockwaves around. It's like the Archer moment, you know, you're putting a marker down there, you're saying, we're here, we're here for a good time, not a long time, we want a piece of you. Um, I thought New Zealand were very good. Never underestimate New Zealand. They've got some very fine players. The whole unit, the way they bowl, they've got um, real good well, they complement each other. They've got some real pace in Lockie Ferguson. They've got some guys who bowl that English dibbler dobbler sort of eighty mile an hour stuff. Santner, I really like him as a spinner and, and he bats as well. Obviously, Kim Williamson's a wonderful player. They're, they've just got very fine players throughout. Um, they're my they're my tip for they're, they're going to get qualified. I think India, Australia, and England will um, at this point. Um, but somebody's going to be challenged very very hard by the West Indies because they looked awesome the other day. I think I've I've given up on South Africa. Well, um, if you've uh, just come back from a hiking holiday in Nepal and uh, you don't know what's happened in the first four days of uh, the World Cup, here's a roundup of the other games away from Bangladesh's victory by 21 runs against South Africa. Hi, I'm Scott Taylor, and away from South Africa against Bangladesh, this is what else is happening in the Cricket World Cup. The Holders Australia began their tournament with a convincing seven-wicket victory over Afghanistan largely thanks to an unbeaten 89 from David Warner. Both Warner and Steve Smith, as expected, received a mixed reception from the crowd in Bristol, but their teammate Adam Zampa was pleased with how they responded to that crowd. We expected what we were going to cop, and 
you heard the booze today when when Smithy went out there. It's call it what you want, disrespectful or just a part of the game. Either way, I think the way that us as players are handling it is, has been great. If you if you if you let it get to you, I suppose that's when something will happen. But I think um, yeah, we're, we're handling it really well at the moment. There's also a half century for captain Aaron Finch, as well as three wickets apiece for both Zampa and Marcus Stoinis. And the latter says the team feel no pressure to do well in this tournament, despite winning it back in 2015. We're in a good place as a team. We're looking to have fun. We enjoy each other's company. We're going to celebrate uh, our success together and every wicket that we take. So um, there might be a bit of pressure on the team as reigning champions, but um, a lot of players weren't playing in that World Cup either. There were some positives for Afghanistan, though with Najibullah Zadran storing a half-century as they posted 208 in their innings, and captain goal-batting Naib says they have to focus on those when preparing for the rest of the tournament. Obviously, we just look uh, and we just take a positive things for today's match and, they, and going for the next day. Next up for Australia is a tricky test against the West Indies on Thursday, whilst Afghanistan can secure their first win of the tournament against Sri Lanka on Tuesday. Well, staying with Sri Lanka in the 2015 runners-up New Zealand got their tournament off to a winning start with an emphatic 10-wicket thrashing of the aforementioned Sri Lanka. Lockie Ferguson and Matt Henry took three wickets apiece as Sri Lanka were dismissed for just 136. That's despite an unbeaten half-century from opener Dimith Karunaratne. Martin Guptill and Colin Monroe both hit unbeaten 50s in response, chasing down the victory target in just over 16 overs. And Guptill thinks they can go far in this World Cup if they continue to execute their game plans. If we bowl first in the next few games, we can hopefully continue to do that and uh, make it difficult for the guys to score. And then if we can come out and play with a bit of freedom like we did this afternoon with the bat, you know, I think we're going to have a pretty successful tournament. Well, despite it being a competitive tournament and you kind of have to win to get through, the Sri Lankan captain Karuna Ratne thinks that entertaining the fans is more important than picking up two points. Losing is doesn't matter, but we need to give a good fight for them. You know, one. Uh, I think that's that's the main thing. You know, if we if we uh, got out like 130, you know, there's no match. You know, it's not a game. You know, so we have to give them a good show. End of the day. Sri Lanka have the chance to pick up their first win of the Cricket World Cup when they face Afghanistan on Tuesday, whilst New Zealand will look to continue their 100% start to the tournament when they face Bangladesh on Wednesday. But looking forward to Monday's action now and tournament favourites England will face Pakistan in their second games of the tournament at Trent Bridge. That's the ground where, let's not forget, England have scored the two highest ODI totals in history. So expect further fireworks in Nottingham. In contrast, it's not a happy hunting ground for Pakistan. It was there where they suffered that seven-wicket defeat to the West Indies on Friday. But despite that defeat... And the 4-0 series defeat to England before the tournament began. Captain Safras Ahmed says they have the ability to bounce back. First, we have to back ourselves and we didn't think about that match. I think that match is gone. So we have those type of players who, who can win a match for you. So inshallah, we will bounce back next matches. So will they respond or will England make it two from two? Be sure to listen to Monday's following on podcast while they reflect on that game and look ahead to Tuesday's action. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Scotty. So it's back to the county championship uh, for you, Gareth, after your eight for in the last game. <laughs> England head off to uh, Trent, Trent Bridge up to Nottingham. Yeah, well, 
All the county cricketers out there, the guys who are not involved with England, they're back to the grind. The red ball stuff, they're absolutely shattered. It's back-to-back games, it's all this lot. But you can guarantee the phones are in the change rooms, they're watching every ball of that England team. The TVs are on in every pavilion in the country. Come on, England, they've had a hell of a start. Let's take it up to Trent Bridge and do the business there. Thanks for your company on following on. So, to never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. See you on Monday again, following England's return to Trent Bridge for the game against Pakistan. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.